I'm going to assume that the majority of the people here tonight were well aware that last summer, Anchorage celebrated its centennial, 100 years. That got me to thinking, and I was kind of surprised to realize that I was just a couple years short of having lived half of Anchorage, living in Anchorage, half of its life. But more amazing to me was that I had lived more than half my life here. The reason that's amazing to me is I am not one of these Alaskans who is fulfilling a lifelong dream to be in the great land. I basically never gave Alaska any thought. Oh, I learned in school about Seward's Folly, and I did know that Alaska became the 49th state the year I graduated from high school, but that was it. I lived in a suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin on beautiful Lake Michigan, and I loved it. In my early 20s, I was married, I had a little girl, and I was expecting another baby, and my life was good. And then in the blink of an eye, but actually it was a crash of a car, I was a widow. The next five years were rough, but they were made bearable because I had family close by. And it was at the end of those five years that Alaska entered my consciousness via a blind date. <laughs> a friend of a friend had a cousin who had grown up in Wisconsin who now lived in Alaska, and this cousin had come home at Thanksgiving for the holidays and to do some deer hunting. So we went out on our blind date. It was quite ordinary. We went and saw a movie, and then we stopped at a quiet little cocktail lounge and had a couple drinks and visited. But on another level, it was an extraordinary blind date. We connected. The talk flowed so easily, and we found we had so many things in common, not the least of which was we shared a Christian faith and a Lutheran heritage. In fact, this guy was trying to describe what Anchorage was like at that time with lots of unpaved roads. It sounded like a frontier town to me. But he said there was a really nice Lutheran church there. So, date's over, he goes back to Alaska, but at Christmas I get a lovely card note and I immediately responded. By the Thanksgiving of the following year, one year later, I have not heard one more word from Alaska. I was quite disappointed, but I was really perplexed because we had had such a connection. Then right before Christmas, the friend of a friend calls. His cousin's back in town for the holidays. Would I like to see him? I said yes, because I wanted to find out about the year of silence. <laughs> and this was his answer to me. He said, long distance relationships are just hard to sustain. And he decided not to even begin it. Well, I need to interject here. We're talking the 60s. No email, no Skype, no cell phones, and there weren't even any decent long-distance rates after midnight. <laughs> so I accepted that. He was home for 10 days. We saw each other six or seven times, then he went back to Alaska. But now the letters were going back and forth. At the end of January, he splurged on a phone call and asked me to marry him, and I said yes. <laughs> 
the rest of our relationship, our, our courtship, was all letters except for one other phone call to figure out some logistics. So from proposal till the next time we saw each other in person, five months, and it was three days before our wedding. Now my family was happy for me, but a little hesitant about me taking my small children off to Alaska with somebody who to them was pretty much a stranger. I didn't feel that way. I knew I had made the right decision. The day we flew to Alaska was the day that the astronauts took off for the moon. And I remember wondering, who's more excited, them or me? <laughs> Our arrival in Anchorage was um, beautiful. It was July, gorgeous midnight sun weather. He'd found a nice duplex for us um, down by Valley of the Moon Park. And so we had a couple days to get settled. And then it was Sunday morning, and we were going to go to church as a family. And I was so excited. Um, the church that he went to is Anchorage Lutheran Church. It's on the corner of 15th and End Street. And of course, we're at Valley of the Moon Park, so we just got up on 15th, and we're heading to church. And I'm just in love with my new home. Mountains everywhere. The sun is dancing on the inlet. I just could hardly believe it and all these gorgeous things, and all of a sudden, he's going, what the heck is going on here? And I looked at him, we were at a stoplight by a big school, and he said, we should be at the church right now, but we aren't. I didn't know what was going on, but something changed right then, because a little doubt crept into my mind. He said he went to church all the time and he can't find it. <laughs> then, some other thoughts started coming. Did he lie to me? If he's lied about this, what else has he lied about? Is he not the man I think he is? Have I made a huge mistake bringing my children here? And all this is starting to really roil around in my mind as he is calmly pulling into a parking spot at Anchorage Lutheran Church. And I looked at him, and he had a smile because he had figured out what the heck was going on. That summer, 1969, Anchorage took a giant step from being a frontier town to becoming a city by completing construction of its first expressway, the Minnesota Bypass. <laughs> He had been out of state for about a month, and they completed the final step, which was to take 15th Avenue, and no longer did it take you to Westchester Lagoon. Instead, it was the on-ramp to the Minnesota Bypass. <laughs> Needless to say, I was relieved. <laughs> and I am standing before you tonight, 46 and a half years later, to tell you that Dick Mickelson was exactly the man I knew he was.